Hello, I'm Kate Freeman, and this is The Daily Dollop. On this episode of The Daily Dollop, I'm chatting about diet and its ability to protect us against COVID-19. Can healthy eating help you fight off the virus from hell? Here's part two. Welcome back to The Daily Dollop, everybody. This is part two of diet, healthy eating and COVID-19. And I'm excited to get stuck into the science today. I hope you are learning a thing or two about nutrition and coronavirus and COVID-19 and all the things that are pretty much hot topics really these days. But um, let's get stuck into it. We're going to go over the specific macro and micronutrients that affect the immune system in today's episode and just talk through how they um, influence the immune response um, and whether there is sort of a connection to COVID-19 or not based on the current science. So firstly, let's look at carbohydrates. So we do know that carbohydrates obviously are important. They're our body's primary energy source. And certainly when you do get sick, um, particularly if you get COVID-19, that there is an increase in energy expenditure as your body tries to fight off the virus. And so carbohydrates are an important part of contributing to that extra energy and, you know, ensuring that a patient is getting sufficient energy through their diet is actually really important um, because one of the side effects of becoming ill um, and symptoms is a loss of appetite and, and actually not eating enough, which is detrimental to recovery. So carbohydrates are definitely really important. But the thing with carbohydrates is that they need to be eaten in a way that maintains stable blood sugar levels And so when we maintain blood sugar levels, we help um, reduce the body's stress response um, and moderate immune cell mobilization. So this is pretty complex stuff, but essentially, um, you know, immune cells are moving throughout the body, they they mobilize. And so it's just sort of, I guess, moderating that response. So it's not too little, it's not too much, it's just right. Um, but certainly, you know, eating sufficient carbohydrate to meet your energy needs and doing that on an individual basis is super, super important. There's actually some cool research that shows that when you do really hardcore long distance exercise, like endurance running or rowing or cycling or something for a few hours is that you actually have a suppressed immune system for a a period of time after the intense training or the competition and that eating carbohydrate after this intense training or competition helps reduce that effect on your immune system, which is super, super cool and interesting. So the next one is protein. So protein deficiency actually is very detrimental to your immune system because it directly affects bone marrow where all your immune cells are actually made. So it directly impairs your body to create immune cells. So ensuring that you're getting adequate protein is super, super important, obviously in, you know, preventing and fighting off the 
the virus or bacteria, but also recovering from it as well. And again, one of the things that happens when people contract COVID-19 or any other really severe respiratory disease or bacterial infection is that their appetite drops and they're often not eating enough. And it's this lack of nutrition that also impairs their recovery as well, which is super, super interesting. So then we've got vitamins and minerals. So these help optimize the innate immunity through development, differentiation, and chemotaxis of innate cells. So essentially they're just activating all these cells, macrophages, neutrophils, um, which are the names of these white blood cells in your innate immunity that just, um, yeah, go and kill bacteria. So we want them to go and kill bacteria and viruses and just help produce, you know, these antimicrobial proteins that help us fight the infection, which is super, super cool. These uh, micronutrients also help the adaptive immune system. They help to foster the immune function through antibody production and memory cell generation. So they're directly affecting our ability to, one, produce the antibodies to specific viruses and bacteria and also help with those memory cells that then obviously remember these bacteria and viruses that help keep us immune to them um, in the future as well. So overall, the science says that deficiency of nutrients, whether they're macronutrients or micronutrients, so, you know, macro being carbohydrates, protein and fat, and micronutrients being vitamins, minerals and trace elements, this can lead to impaired immune systems and then, of course, increase the risk of bacterial and viral attack and becoming unwell. So malnutrition and a nutrient deficiency is what impairs your immune function. So when it comes to thinking about your diet is you want to be thinking, all right, would I be at risk of a nutrient deficiency? And nutrient deficiency can happen for a number of reasons. Firstly, it can come from the fact that you're simply just not eating adequate amounts of food to meet your need for particular nutrients. Now, that's really easy to do if there are particular whole food groups that you exclude from your diet, which means that and the nutrients in that food group that you're excluding isn't readily available in the other food groups. So this is just depending obviously on which foods you're not regularly eating. So certainly doing a one-on-one session with a qualified dietitian can give you an idea of whether you're at risk of particular nutrient deficiencies. Other reasons why you might be deficient is because your body's losing a particular nutrient. Now, a really good example of this is iron. Um, so high blood losses, whether that's from a regular or heavy menstrual cycle or just, you know, internal bleeding or a big blood loss, you're going to then start to become deficient in iron um, as iron stores start to drop with your body trying to replace the loss of iron. But then another reason why you might be deficient is that you might be actually eating sufficient amounts of the nutrient, but that your body's not able to absorb it. So another good example of this is celiac disease and someone who has untreated celiac disease where there's high inflammation in their gut that's affecting the villi in their gastrointestinal tract, which is the key way that the gastrointestinal tract absorbs nutrition is that they're impaired. And so, you know, the the absorption of in particular things like iron and zinc um, are impaired in people with celiac disease. So there's a number of, of reasons that could affect um, 
your nutritional status. And if you're not sure, the best thing to do is one, go to your GP and get a screening so that you're just seeing what your nutritional status is like and seeing if there are any deficiencies. And then seeing a qualified dietitian, an accredited practicing dietitian, to then look at your dietary intake and see if there are ways that you can improve your nutritional status, either through a food first approach, so dietary changes, and maybe a supplement as well if that's necessary. Don't take supplements willy-nilly. Definitely chat to your GP um, or qualified dietitian before you do that. But essentially, if you've even got just one nutrient deficiency that can impair your immune function and potentially multiple deficiencies in particular nutrients can potentially increase the complications and severity of disease. And this is not just with COVID-19, but all diseases from a pathogen that's either viral or bacterial. So this essentially means that a healthy diet is one that is adequate and not restrictive and ensures that you're one, essentially eating enough to get the energy and nutrition you need and that you're not cutting out large food groups or doing severe calorie restriction or fasting or following different fad diets. These are definitely not the answer to protecting yourself from disease. So what I want to do just to finish up today's episode is just chat through a couple of key nutrients and its effect on COVID-19. So the first one is vitamin C. There is some evidence to suggest that vitamin C may reduce infections, vascular injury and inflammation in acute respiratory distress syndrome. It is possible but not proven that vitamin C status is severely low in COVID-19 associated pneumonia. So the thing with a lot of this research is it's just starting to form associations, not causal. And so none of it's actually proven yet. And as we can see here, so that vitamin C obviously can certainly help. There is an inkling that in people who get really sick with COVID-19 have low vitamin C status, but there's no nothing proven yet. The next one is vitamin D. So vitamin D has a role in immunomodulation and its deficiency has been shown to be correlated to mortality in COVID-19. However, there are currently no intervention trials to really sort of back up this claim. So essentially, you know, um, correlated means that they've seen it in observational research, but there's no actual intervention trial where they then go, all right, let's treat with vitamin D and see if actually that reduces mortality or death from COVID-19. But there is an indication that it could potentially help. Protein. So the research around that indicate that protein deficiency must be avoided. Protein undernutrition can cause anemia, vascular dysfunction and impaired immunity. Protein intake must be adequate even in healthy elderly since low albumin levels predict increased mortality. So that's super interesting and you know I think that is definitely a challenge in the elderly, particularly in cases where you have elderly people who are not eating adequately. And so they're even at higher risk of protein deficiency. And then, of course, we also know that the elderly are more susceptible to catching the disease as well. So certainly ensuring that diets are adequate in protein and that proteins being included regularly, high quality sources are included throughout the day is super, super important. Further studies just around vitamin D, but also vitamin A, a review of a couple hundred studies showed 
that both vitamin A and vitamin D showed a potential benefit in viral diseases, um, particularly in individuals who were deficient. And that's one of the things that I've always loved about nutrition research is that there is no like heightened level of health. You either have enough of the nutrient or you don't, which basically means if you're not deficient in vitamin A or vitamin D, taking more of these things or taking a supplement or trying to have you know, a super high amount of them and achieve super high status in these things isn't extra beneficial. In ensuring adequate intake of particular nutrients, either via dietary changes or supplements, are only beneficial in the case of frank deficiency for, for the most part, um, which is super interesting. Another interesting one is around gut health. So probiotics have been shown to decrease growth of pathogen bacteria, decrease inflammation and enhance immunity. In a Cochrane review and other studies, probiotics were shown to decrease upper respiratory infections through their effect on the gut-lung axis. So I'm mentioning here that it's decreasing growth of pathogen bacteria. COVID-19 is a virus, so it's a bit of a long bow to draw. But certainly, obviously, we... We're seeing a link between gut health and immunity. So if your gut health is good, leading to better immune system function, that that is going to have a flow on effect with, you know, all bacteria and viruses that you come into contact with, not just COVID-19. So probiotics are live bacteria that you can consume either in a supplement or through food. The research that consuming a probiotic through food actually colonates your gut is pretty weak because it's a pretty treacherous journey from your mouth to your large intestine and the the bacteria often don't survive it. But um, certainly ensuring that you've got a really good high intake of plant-based foods, good variety of plant-based foods, feeds and promotes the growth of good bacteria that are already residing in your gut and that that is a great thing. So whether you take a probiotic or you just focus on good diet quality, those doing both those things together is even even better and just to ensure that yeah, all the little guys down in your gastrointestinal tract are helping you out as much as they can. So, finally is omega-3 There is a randomized double-blind clinical trial that has shown that omega-3 supplementation has promising effects on acidosis and renal function and possibly can improve clinical outcomes of patients infected with COVID-19. However, further studies with a longer duration and a larger sample size are needed before more conclusions are made. It's also worth noting that this study discussed other research that is in favor of omega-3 fatty acid supplementation and also other papers that found no significant result of using omega-3 fatty acid supplements. So yeah, omega-3 fats being obviously your essential healthy fats and um, yeah, they can be a great thing to include and may just help boost your immune system function. We know that they're helpful in moderating inflammation and the acquired immune response. So they can be worth including in your diet as well. Well, that's it for today's episode. I'm going to finish off the series in tomorrow's episode episode by looking more practically at the foods that we eat. So based on all of this research, what are the key dietary recommendations um, that we want to focus on if we want to keep our immune system functioning and essentially decrease our risk of COVID-19? Join me tomorrow. After years of being bombarded with diet culture, 
I so understand that the world of healthy eating is super, super hard. My healthy eating program helps people who are struggling with their eating habits to lose weight, feel good about themselves and eat well for the rest of their life. I do this by teaching one nutrition principle at a time and showing you how to establish this knowledge as a habit in your everyday life. This is unlike any other program on the market today that simply gives you a meal plan, a list of good and bad foods, or expects you to change everything all at once. Life's too short to live with food stress. To become a habit builder and not a crash dieter, join my program today at healthyeatinghub.com.au. Thank you so much for checking out The Daily Dollop. Don't forget to rate, review and subscribe so that we can spread the podcast far and wide and so you don't miss an episode.